good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. It is a glorious, glorious day to be alive because we can rejoice and we can celebrate and we can rise in so many different ways because this celebration is actually everywhere all the time. It's not because it's just Easter, of course. That's one reason to celebrate. But because each and every single day of our life can be a new beginning. Every day we can begin again, no matter what has happened the day before, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what we've grown through, there's something more waiting for us. And so I think we're here to participate in this magnificent celebration. You know, we often take it for granted, but all of us have a, a precious incarnation. This life is precious. It's kind of like a bulb that holds the light. That without the bulb, we would not have the light illuminated by the electricity that goes through the bulb. And our incarnation is somewhat like that. Because we can begin to hold and radiate the wisdom, the joy, the life, and all that is good in our life and in our world. So we never want to forget how precious this life is. But understand that not only are we actually only human, we're also spiritual beings. There's something within us that's birthless. There's something within us that's eternal. There's something within us that has inspired wisdom that if we tap into it, will guide us and direct us in the right and perfect ways. And so the Easter story is a way to tap into that wisdom that we have. You know, I'm part of a Facebook group with some of my colleagues and ministers, and I think one of them was asking, do you have any stories for Easter? Well, I didn't have any stories for Easter, but I began to think about the story about Easter is a great story in and of itself. It really has a lot of symbols in it to help us grow, develop, unfold, and become the very best that we can be. So when we look at the, the master teacher, Jesus the Christ, a lot of people have a different meanings as to who he was and what he represents. Many believe that he was sent to atone for our errors, our sins, our mistakes. And that you must believe in that individual in order to have an atonement yourself. So we end up having a religion about that person. But Jesus was not interested in people worshiping him. What he was interested in is us living the principles that he lived in his own life. The principles that he lived and believed. 
So this morning what we're doing is proclaiming a time to rise up to celebrate that life that is within us. I don't know about you, we've been through a lot the last, I'm just going back to March of 2020. I remember that day that we started shutting things down. We kind of all had to kind of hunker down and you know, lots of fear was going around. There was a lot of challenges that we all had to go through. But I don't know about you, I'm ready to come out the other side and rise up to something more magnificent. You know, there's a statement in Romans, the 8th chapter, 11th verse. And it says something to the effect that if the spirit that dwelled in the master teacher Jesus also dwelleth in you, you too shall rise up. Well, we take the if off. Because we know that spirit that was in him is also within us. That spirit that was within any avatar that walked the earth was also within us. So we go beyond any religion about this man called Jesus because we may hug him and we may celebrate him. We may praise him in all kinds of different ways, but we may miss what he revealed for us. So I remember one time I was on a plane and I get asked this from time to time and somebody asked me, what do you do? And sometimes I'm reluctant to tell them that I'm a minister. You know, but I told this individual last time I was on a plane, yeah, I'm a minister. And he, he asked me, well, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, well, yeah, I believe in, but I also believe him. I believe in him and I believe in what he said. And he goes, what he said, among other things, that, you know, the light, that light is of every person is within us. That the kingdom of heaven is within us. All of the kingdom of God is all at hand now. So he was speaking to us. He was not cut apart from everyone else. He was not the great exception, as I like to say, although he was an exceptional being. But he was speaking to our greatness. He was expressing our possibilities through his own life. And so his life was a template, was a model of our possibilities so that we may rise and we may resurrect in any area of our life. Because he recognized and told us that we were all sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of the spirit of the living God, and his life and ours have come from the force, come from the presence, come from the source. <clears throat> and sometimes we all have to go through a process in life in order to grow, develop, and unfold. And so the Easter story is about going through that process. Versus the crucifixion, the resurrection, and then we talk about the ascension when we rise to another area of our spiritual self. No one escapes this. So we look at his life and understand how was it that he was able to resurrect and shine and recognize that even in our life, no matter what has happened before us, is not the final word. And that all of us are capable of rising up to another level. So we look at that story, we ask, well, what did he do? What was his thinking? Well, one of the things that he did, he prayed all of the time. He prayed saying, believe that you shall receive. Believe that you can catch that it's already done on a spiritual plane. That indeed heaven, which is expanding good, is at hand. It's not the future, it is right now. You know, there's a Gospel of Thomas that we didn't make it in the official Bible. But there's a statement in there that said that heaven is spread all over the place 
but heaven, but men see it not. Heaven, of course, is not a place. It is that expanding good. It is a state of consciousness, a state of mind. But the master teacher, Jesus, did see this. So he stole away from the masses and he connected with this presence through his prayer, through his communion. He kept his spirit high. It doesn't say in any of the stories that the only time he prayed when was there was an emergency. I don't know about you, but some people say, you know, I need to pray. I need to find someone to pray with me because I got an emergency now. It's gotten that bad. But he prayed all the time. When someone was healed, he prayed. When Lazarus rose from the dead, he prayed. When, when, when there was a dinner, he prayed before and after dinner. So when the big moment came in his life, he was prayed up. He didn't have to pray and say, okay, where's the number for the chaplains at Spiritual Life Center? I need to pray right now. He was prayed up. So when the seeming betrayal took place in his life, he was ready. The betrayal took the form of Judas. And all of us will experience seeming betrayals in our life. We'll have losses. But behind the losses, there is a gift. I think no one goes through the human experience without some sort of suffering, without some sort of loss. Sometimes life doesn't look like the way we want it to look. It doesn't go according to the plans that we have set out. Sometimes parents will lose a child before their time. And we'll say it's not right. Life should not be like this. The mark of Judas is upon all of us at some point or time. No one escapes this, but there's a gift in it. The gift is that when we go to that place where we can't figure it out ourselves, it draws something out of us that we normally would not have drawn out of us. We may call it a divine presence, but it's the pure dimension of our being that we always don't always look at. And this word dimension, no matter what the circumstance, the situation or place, it's reminding us who we really are, that we're made in the image and likeness and not of God. And so when this mark of Judas calls out our name. It brings forth that hidden talent. It brings forth that reservoir, that strength within us, that divine power, the insights that we need. That sometimes is the gift of the crucifixion. And if we're prayed up, we can see it. We can readily see it. So this master teaching was prayed up. So when the betrayal came in the form of Judas, he was ready. And I always say that it's a seeming betrayal because Judas is often misaligned or maligned unjustly. But without him sacrificing himself, which is to make something sacred, Jesus would not have been remembered. We've often condemned him, that is Judas, as the one who loved him the least. But when in reality, he probably loved him the most because that's when Jesus passed him to stop, planted in his mind that someone had to betray him in order for him to fulfill his purpose. And this is why he said, it's for this purpose, I was born. You know, in the Aramaic language, you know, often the, 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 some of the translation, it says, why hast thou forsaken me? But in the Aramaic language, it says, it's for this purpose, I was born. This was a great moment. Just like a, an athlete or an Olympian or my basketball team getting ready for the playoffs. Sometimes they're getting all ready for that moment. You know, thousands of people watching, the millions watching on TV. 
They got up early. They, they worked out. They, they lifted weights. They ate the right foods. It was for that moment. In our own lives, there's a lot going on. We got wars. We got pandemics that are continuing. We got anxiety that people are going through. <coughs> we got a polarized world. But we can say it's for this purpose that we were born. That we can rise up and demonstrate the resurrecting power within us. It's like a paramedic who's going to save someone from a heart attack. You know, it's for this purpose I was born. Or maybe there's a great doctor who can do brain surgery or heart surgery. All those moments that they were studying and, and, and practicing. And, and, and it's for this purpose that they were born. This was the case of the master teacher. And this is our case. Every moment of our life. We realize that whatever we're going through, we're not here to shirk our responsibility of the situation that sometimes overwhelms our ego. No, we begin to know that we are here and who we are spiritually. And beyond a doubt, we're made in the image of something powerful. And so when we pray from this vantage point, we can stand and say, for this purpose, I was born. Whatever has happened in my life, I go beyond myself. I go beyond the boundaries that I already have. Whatever has happened before, is, this is calling me to come up higher. So when we see the seeming betrayals in life rightly, when we come from that perspective, we practice from that way of being, what we happens is that we move from being a victim to a victor to a vessel of the spirit of the living God. Because here's another thing we must do in order to access this dimension within us. Jesus did not play the role of a victim. See, a victim has an unforgiveness story. See, I always like to say this time of year, a lot of people, no one here, of course, they like to play victim. They like to stay on the cross. But as I like to say, please get off the cross. Somebody else could use the wood. Get off that cross. Resurrection is built on the consciousness of forgiveness. Only then can the gift of the seeming betrayal be revealed. So when people betray us, when the pictures in our life go against what we want, we have to believe and remember what Jesus said when he was going through his crucifixion experience. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, when we look at that statement, we want to examine it very closely. You know, go beyond the surface. Because the surface mind would often say, when somebody's done something, they knew exactly what they were doing when they were doing it. They knew exactly what they do when they were gossiping about me or hurting me or not acting the way that they should have acted. I don't get this stuff to forgive them because they didn't know what was they doing. I'm going to try to forgive them anyway, but don't give me this stuff. They didn't know what they were doing, but we want to shed another light on that situation to access another dimension of this prayer and realize that our critics in life, our so-called enemies in life, they are really our best friends in disguise. They push us to another level. They make us go deep when we don't want to go there ourselves. Well, we don't have the discipline to do that because that's all we can do in that moment. We can't figure it out what to do and we have to go to another place because the pain may be too deep. 
So maybe we've been betrayed by life. So we got to go deeper. And at that moment, that individual does not know what they are doing for us. What they're really doing is making us large for the presence of God. They're making us shine for the presence of God. They make us radiate for the presence of God so we can access that dimension that we normally would not have access without their assistance. I would go so far as to say if they knew how good it was going to be for us, they would not do it. Forgive them for they know not what they do. They're tricking us higher. They're causing us to get more higher. So he practiced that forgiveness. That's what Jesus reminded us to do. See, he didn't indulge in the, the victim story. You know, in this story about his life, he said after the crucifixion, he came back and some people actually saw him. And he said, yeah, this is really me. You can see the scars on my body. And yes, I'm eating some food. This is, I'm a real person. He didn't go over the crucifixion story. He didn't say, do you see what they did to me, man? Do you know what Judas said about me? Do you know that Peter denied me like three times? Do you know, man, they put me on a, they made me carry this heavy cross all across the countryside. He didn't do any of that. He gave everybody their walking papers and said, go forth and heal all nations. He did a few other things. You know, when he was on that cross, you know, all of these stories have some mystical, symbolic meaning other than looking at them literally. There's something behind them. And he had the two thieves on either side of him. They represented the past and the future. And one thief was hanging out in the past and said, Jesus, I don't, you know, I deserve this. I deserve what I got. I've been a bad guy most of my life. I've done a lot of negative things, but you don't deserve this. That person was lost in the past. And the other person on the other side of him was asking, what's going to happen after this? He was lost in the future. He was concerned about life after, what about reincarnation? He was worried about what was going to happen in the future. But Jesus was between the two thieves. And he represented that midpoint, that place where heaven and earth connected. And he revealed something more, which is the here and the now. And he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was saying to us a couple of things. That the past does not determine our current experience. It is our thoughts about the past determine our experience. And if we break that down, a thought cannot be in the past. If we have any thought moving through our mind, and we always do, it's affecting our body, it's affecting our mind, it's affecting our emotions right now. So right now we're either youthing or aging, depending upon what's passing through our own awareness. What is our attention on? It's not the past doing anything to us, it's our present thinking that's doing something to us. And we have the opportunity to name any situation as good and it will begin to move us in that direction. Now, a lot of people, they hang out in the future only. It's okay to plan, but they're often worried about the future. We're worried about, are their plans are going to work out? They're projecting their thoughts into the future. 
And that worried thought is right now. The doubt is right now. And it becomes an experience. <clears throat> we want life. I always say, if you want to know what life is going to be like tomorrow, look about what you're thinking about right now. It's always a sneak preview of what's to come. You know, when I was a young man, I had you know four brothers and three sisters, and they used to take us to church all the time. I always say that not because anyone was religious, but, but I think they just wanted to get us out of the house because it would give us some peace of mind for a while. And I remember going to some of the places, and they used to talk about hell so much. And I came to the realization, that's where their thoughts are. I'm not going to say anything more about that. But Jesus said, now you shall be with me in paradise. Bring your attention to the present moment. That's when the divine, the Christ, the spirit within us is important. It comes forth. You know, I always say there's so much superstition out there. Many believe that Jesus is coming back. But there's no one coming back to save us. We have to save ourselves. You know, when you read the story, they say he's coming back next week, next month. Or they say in Jamaica, soon come, man, soon come. But I always say that if Jesus came back, he would be very upset. Now, there might be a lot of reasons to be upset, including how they misconstrued his teachings. But I think he would be upset because of all the pictures they have of him in all the churches. I can imagine he would say, Jesus Christ. He probably wouldn't say Jesus Christ. He would probably say, couldn't you find a better picture than that? What about the time I turned water into wine? What about the time that Peter was walking on the water? What about the time we had the supper? That was an Instagram moment. You could have taken a picture of that. But no one is coming back. Understand this Christ's presence comes back when you allow it to be the activity of our awareness. And realize it's within us. And I think the thing that's most important, we have to be ourselves, our true self, our divine self. This is what the world is calling for. You know, there was a woman who had some Easter lilies. And they had kind of run their course and they were pretty much dying. And she decided to, uh, you know, give the Easter lilies to a neighbor. And she brought the labor, neighbor the Easter lilies. After all, she thought, you know, I got the, you know, I got all I needed out of that. And I'm just going to pawn it off to somebody else. And the other woman took the Easter lilies into her house. And she laid them out, you know, by the window and to get some sun. And every day she would just walk by the Easter lilies and just say to the Easter lilies, be yourself. Be yourself. And each day they got stronger and brighter and grew better and better and better. I think in some way the entire universe is telling us to be ourselves. To go within. And feel that's something that's real, that's unhurtable, that's authentic. That's something within us that's been never born and never could die. It's indestructible. And when our attention is on that, it begins to push ourselves to another expression of what our life can be. And when we do, we realize no matter what obstacles that we have, no matter what things that we face, and we all have things to face, 
there is a seed potential within you and me that can help us rise up and conquer and overcome our challenges. You know, every year on Easter, there are millions of people across the planet and they proclaim, hallelujah, Jesus has risen. But we must catch the implication of Easter in our own statement of what it means to rise. And I believe that if everyone would proclaim this presence, he has risen within me, it's enabling me to see that which is risen in every person in the world. And we begin to see them when they're seen at their highest and best. And I think our world would literally have peace on earth and goodwill toward all. Our world needs that today. We can be an expression of that today. I like Easter a lot. Because in my own life, I had hit a low point in my life. As some people know my story. You know, drugs, alcohol destroyed my life. I hit that very low point. And somewhere along the way, I entered a point of surrender and realized that there was something within me that was far more powerful than the circumstances that I faced. And I was able to rise above those circumstances to begin to see life in the world in a totally different way. No matter what you go through in life, there is a power within you that is far more powerful than the circumstance, the situation, the health challenge, the relationship challenge, the business challenge. There's something within you that is far more powerful than that. And if we come under its government and guidance, it will lead us to where we need to be to rise up and shine. Well, as I close out today, you know, as I always do on Easter, <clears throat> I can't leave you without saying something that it's not in the official Bible. It's the Bible according to trap. <laughs> and this was the time that they thought, the authorities thought they had gotten rid of this nuisance. They had gotten rid of this rebel. They had gotten rid of this challenger of the status quo. And they rolled away the stone. And he was not there. And people were shocked and in awe. And then all of a sudden, Jesus showed up. And he said, Tada, I'm back. I actually thought he said, Tada, how you like me now? And he clicked up. And he said, I'm free. I'm free, baby. You be free. It's Easter time. Time to rise up and celebrate. Peace and blessings to you. Happy Easter. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming Lives
one heart.